after a 10-run first will celebrate all night, and they will be on their way to the National League Championship Series. The Cards have blown away the Braves in Game 5 here in Atlanta, 13-1, to and everybody's celebrating on the mound. Swing and a drive, center field, Bellinger back, back some more, back some more, and that one is gone! It's a grand slam! Howie Kendrick unloads the bases, and the Nationals in the 10th now lead it 7-3 to as the veteran comes through in a huge spot. And we welcome you into another edition of Morning Drive live here on a Thursday on ESPN 102.5 The Game. Nick Kale, Braden Gall. Derek Mason, Marquise Munson with you. Boys, do we take a moment of silence this morning for our beloved Braves fans slash colleagues, Chase McCabe and Gerald Stillman this morning? Is Marquise trolling Chase and, and, and Gerald? If, if if that, in fact, is the case. I mean, uh, my, my mean, I'm a Dodgers fan, and that was the worst part yeah, of the Yeah, you had a bad night, night yeah. too. We'll uh, pour one out for Marquise if, as well. If that was you trolling Jared and Chase... Uh, I applaud you, sir. Good work. Uh, and it also raises a question. It raises an interesting question about how you should, how do you treat your friends <laughs> when it comes to their sports teams and losing? I think I've tweeted Chase McCabe go card sixteen times in the last five days. Um, is, is that how we should treat each other? Is it is it a positive? Like for some reason, why why do we do that? People we like, our friends, we want them to. Feel pain with but, their sports team, but you also, as a as a Mets fan, have the rivalry aspect of New York, Atlanta, and oh, yeah, yeah, East. Yeah. So I'll I'll do the same thing come January if the Eagles get beaten a wild card round and the Cowboys advance. I'm going to stick it to the Constable with Dallas if that happens. If if the Cowboys advance, if they don't advance, that would make him happy. Yeah, that would make him happy. Well, no, I mean as far as like once the because your Mets were eliminated. So you're, oh, yeah, you're, you're poking ago. and prodding Chase as a Braves fan, saying, go Cards. Yeah, so if my Eagles have been dispatched and Dallas is still alive, I'm going to be like, yeah, go Cowboys, go Cowboys. I'm going to stick it to him. That's the opposite. I don't understand. You're, you're rooting. He's a Cowboys fan. Yeah, so and Chase is a so, Braves fan. So he's happy, though, if the Cowboys advance. I am happy that the Braves have not advanced. Okay, I'm going to say go whoever the Cowboys there are playing. There you go. There you yes. go. There you go. I was very confused. My fault. No, I, I am. But why do we do that? Like, I think that's a thing that adult males do. Um, where we like root for our friends to be unhappy, is that is that? Am I wrong on this? Like, it's I, just guy code. Now, I also hate the Braves in general. Did um, you say Geico or guy code? Fifteen percent could save you. <laughs> you can have car 15, you can have fifteen percent less friends if you root for them to be exactly unhappy. right. Um, no, I I just now I yes again I'm, I'm I personally have a a feeling towards the Atlanta Braves as a Mets fan in the division, as you likely do as a Phillies fan in the division. Um, but they, I do think there's something larger there where we root, we sort of root for our friends' teams to lose because we were like, oh, I don't want that guy to be happy. If I'm not going to be happy, I don't want him to be happy. Well, what's do the old adage of life? That? Misery loves company. I, I mean, don't mm-hmm. you find yourself doing it, or do you always? And, and I could see Derek probably being Captain Positivity over there. Like, mm-hmm. do you just do you, do you if you know your friends rooting for a team? You're kind of you're probably rooting for them to be happy, aren't you? Who me? Yeah, I'm ta- yes, Derek. <laughs> I mean, you said you said Mr. Positive, then you said something else. I thought you well, I damn sure ain't Mr. Positive. <laughs> no, I don't do it with pro teams. I might do it with a college team, but I don't do it with pro teams. I I couldn't care less um, if your pro team advance or not. Now, if it's a college team, you know, I might 
you know, send a tweet to Darren about Kentucky losing. But yeah, but I, I only do it on. Co- I really only do it on college teams, and not necessarily you know pro teams. Because again, it there's no to me there's no attachment to a pro team. There's no no sense of loyalty to a pro team. Your sense of loyalty to me is your college team. So I like to troll a college, you know, if somebody's college team lose, not their pro team. I think I think Chase loves the Braves and the Cowboys more than he loves MTSU. Oh, 100%. Yeah, you're right about that. Why so, wouldn't you? I mean, I'm with, you, I'm with Derek. I, I have far more passion for college athletics. But if the Mets are in the World Series or the mm-hmm. Packers are in the, in the playoffs, like Chase, Chase is obviously going to root against my, my favorite teams. He wants me to be unhappy, and, and there's no question about that. I just have found – like, I don't like the Yankees. I can't stand the Yankees. But you have every right I, to I feel that way. I can't stand the Yankees. You're just, a Mets fan. Just as a Mets fan, it's hard. I cannot, like, listen, I like individual players. I love Mo Rivera. I love Jeter. Um, I, I'm a fan of what they do. I can be objective in analyzing them, but I cannot stand when they are successful. It bothers me. The fact that Pete Alonso took an, a record from a Yankee in, in his rookie home run record makes me happy. <laughs> like, it makes me happy. But it, it just feels like we do that, where we are, we are. I am far more happy when Chase is unhappy about the Braves than even the Mets losing and not making the playoffs. Like I'm like, yes, the Braves gave up 10 in the first. And I know it's mean. It's totally mean. Let, let, let me ask you this. Do you think there is something to be said for certain sports franchises or even college programs that have just inherently in their DNA as a sports entity find ways to continually make the same mistakes? Like the Braves and Dodgers – I told you I was not going to watch the NLDSs. I was going to be yeah, back you said in you on both. At all. I was back in on the ALCS and NLCS when they came. But I said, you know what will get me into it? W- betting on the games. So what do I do yesterday? <laughs> I bet on the Cardinals. Oh, winner. I bet on the Nationals. Winner. Lucky winner there. And one of the thoughts behind it was the Braves and Dodgers, for whatever it is in October, find a way to screw it up. Yeah, the Dodgers get to the series, though. The Dodgers normally get past this first round. They, they don't lose very often in the first round, and they probably should have won yesterday. Now, the Braves, this, is a, this, is, this goes back to the 90s, <laughs> winning divisions, being one of the best teams in the National League, and then fa- failing to get where they need to get. Um, for 20 years, they've been doing that, other than the one, the one year. So, um, yeah, it's, I, I think you're right. There's a, I think you tweeted something about it, <laughs> something about October DNA. I mean, the Cardinals clearly have it. Yeah, one team with the Cardinals clearly. has an October DNA. The other team has Jared Stillman yelling at him on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Which one do you want? <laughs> I'll take October DNA for 300 Alex. <laughs> yes. Um, so, I don't know. I just noticed, as Chase McCabe sent us a video yesterday, uh, <laughs> basically telling us how much he hates all of us. He did. Um, which was funny. I just it it just struck me as because I I really have been like the Cardinals I can't was it game one where the Braves scored late or the, the Cardinals scored late to win I know game four they came back and rallied and, and won that game late and every time I tweet Chase go Cards <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm like go Cards like he's at his most vulnerable right your team just lost a game you're devastated you're upset and I'm like hey buddy go Cards well if you like, th- it's it, just obnoxious think about Chase's sports fandom right here. The Cowboys haven't won a Super Bowl since 1996. The Braves haven't won a World Series since 95. Even though Chase is an MTSU grad, he roots for the Vols and Vandy. We know both teams' droughts there. Uh, He's a a Vandy guy. Uh, I mean, he's got nothing for 20-plus years now. Yeah, but my bleeding heart doesn't go out to Cowboys fans. 
Like like Cowboys, they they had their they had their Super Bowl run where they won three Super Bowls. So I'm not you know the Braves won a World Series and and you know ten twelve divisions. My my bleeding heart doesn't go out to either of them. Also, if you were to rank teams, people that I just do do not like as franchises, even though I don't care as much anymore, Cow, Cowboys, Yankees, Braves are, are near the top of the list of teams that just drive me nuts. Mostly because they ruined my childhood. Okay, the, so the, Bull, the Bulls would be up there too. Two, two questions we can get into this morning. Coming off of the baseball games yesterday, and they're not specifically baseball topics, but I, I was thinking about this as a sports fan of any sport that you used to love. Like, I, I have been off of the love for baseball thing since probably 2012, 2013. So it's probably about seven years since I really loved baseball. And I'm wondering from you guys if, if there's a sport that you used to love back in the day that you still consume, even if it's just checking scores, checking standings, that you don't watch day in, day out, week in, week out, like you used to. Maybe college uh, basketball with boy. the one and done. Like, no. And why is that? I still watch college basketball when it comes on. I enjoy that. Um, oh, boy. I would say... <clears throat> because I don't have an explanation for what happened to me with baseball. Wrestling is a sport. I would say wrestling. Um, you mean like pro wrestling? Pro wrestling. Fake wrestling. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've never was one that consumed a lot of baseball. Watch it here and there, but never really but you consumed. You knew Tigers. Like you'll throw out a Tigers reference yeah, every now and then. It was like, childhood. I mean, yeah, but I never, you know. I guess you can't. I watch less baseball. Let's just say I watch less baseball I, now than what I did then. I think it's baseball for almost all of us. Yeah, I watch less yeah, baseball Yeah, it is now. for me too, especially like after last to. night. But the, the weird part is, like, I can't sit here and knock baseball because television ratings are at a ridiculous rate right now. The sport is doing unbelievably well financially. So I can't even sit here and say, well, baseball doesn't get it. They're stuck in archaic it's times. It's regional, though. It's not a for, yeah, It's always been regional. It's yeah. one of those sports that people, when you say, do you like baseball? It's like, nah, just wait till October. And it's one of those sports that you wait until playoff time to actually watch baseball. It's not something that you just watch year round. Bas- NBA basketball, college football, you know, college I mean, basketball I, is kind of like that. I, I would put the NBA in that same category. I haven't watched regular season ba- NBA basketball in years. Now I love the playoffs. Uh, I love the playoffs for baseball, but I don't haven't watched re- a lot of regular season baseball. But do you watch marquee games though? Like no. if it's Lakers Clippers, nope, first game of the season, you're not even watching that. No, I don't care. It doesn't mean anything. Um, some of that's the Knicks, but some of that's just the regular season has meant far less in the last five years in the NBA, ten years than it ever had in the past. And you know, I so baseball though is is, is probably because I grew baseball was my first love. Like I loved baseball before football, and then I kind of fell in love with football through. Probably through Jerry Rice and the Niners, like that's the team when I was like seven or eight years old that would just like captured my attention. And then the Packers got good in the early '90s, and and that's when you know Favre came along, and all of a sudden you know you're you're in hook, line, and sinker. But uh, baseball was always my first love. And if you had told me there'd be a day where I didn't watch any regular season games at all, I would have told you you're crazy. So the NBA and baseball are probably two of them. But I still love the playoffs. I still like watching. You know, I don't miss any NBA Finals games or. I like watching a lot of baseball playoffs, and I think it's because the product. To me, two two things. It almost all ties directly to having my first child. Like when I I, I watched a lot of Mets baseball in 2015. <laughs> <laughs> they went to the World Series, and you had, didn't have a kid yet. But then all of a sudden, I you have a kid, and you have to pick and choose where you're gonna you know spend your time in front of a TV. And frankly, I just think the regular season product in the NBA and the regular season product in baseball is so different. And so inferior to the to the postseason product. 
The postseason product, possession in, possession out in the NBA, is so much better in the postseason. And pitch in and pitch out in baseball, it's just so different in the postseason than it is in the regular season. I can't. The, the beauty of the NFL is that there's no difference, right? Like week three versus the playoffs is the same. The, the level of intensity is the same. You know, hockey te- hockey games are about the same. Maybe though, in the NFL, early on, a little sloppier because you haven't played in preseason sure, and things the, like that. But no less like gravity, like no less intensity. It's still extraordinarily physical. College football is the ultimate regular season sport. I just baseball. I, like I watch a, you know, a wild card game or a playoff game, and it's just such a different feel than any of the regular season one thousand six hundred ninety seven games that they play. And it's sort of the same for the NBA. So having a kid and realizing the difference in the postseason and regular season are probably the two reasons that I don't watch a lot of NBA and Major League Baseball in the regular seasons. All right, let's get your phone calls if you want to chime in on this conversation. 615-737-1025, 737-1025. What are some of the sports that maybe you used to live and die for day in, day out, week in, week out? that maybe you just aren't into as much anymore. And maybe you don't have an explanation for why that is. Maybe you do, 737-1025. And then also, with the games yesterday, two totally drastic games as far as differences of outcome. One was over after one inning. The other one, extra innings. Uh, You have an interesting question to pose when we come back on that. It's Morning Drive, live from the wholesaling studio powered by RumbleOn.com. Back after this on ESPN, 1025 The Game. 617, welcome back into Morning Drive, ESPN 1025, the game. Nick Braden, D-Mays, Marquise with you. Loaded show this morning. We will have coffee with the coach coming up at 730 this morning. Preds associate coach Kevin McCarthy is going to join us. Uh, Joe Rexroad at 8 o'clock. Hal Gill at 930. We'll also go behind enemy lines today, get a Broncos preview. Uh, Benjamin Albright from Denver will join us. And if you recall, boys, Benjamin Albright was one of the Guys in the, quote, national media who said, hey, I'm hearing week one, Ryan Tannehill might start for the Tennessee Titans. Get ready. <laughs> there was the evolution of Ryan Tamerhan. <laughs> well, we see what happened with that. How'd that work out, national yeah. media? The guy that you thought was going to get benched doesn't have a turnover yet and probably should be physically dead. <laughs> but I digress. You got a point on both ends, so. Yep. All right. Uh, Taylor Lewan responds to his social media beef coming up in about 12 minutes, but you had an interesting question. Yeah, I just was curious, and again, along the lines of the baseball games yesterday, um, you know, Chase is pretty devastated about the Braves' loss, um, but and I, and I do feel bad for anyone arriving at the ballpark just a few minutes late. Like, if you walked into that game after spending all that money, and you've got, you know, two kids with you, and you've parked, and you've paid the money for the tickets, and... You've got them out of the car. You're carrying them. You got your clear plastic bag full of whatever the hell you need to take care of two kids. And you get into your seats and you sit down and you look up and it's the middle of the first inning and it's ten to nothing. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I'd be so pissed. I'd be like, God, you're, you're sitting through traffic. You yes. paid twenty dollars to park. Daddy, are we there yet? And you're down a ten spot. Right. You're like, what was the point of that crap? Um, so I, I do under, I do feel bad for the people that showed up maybe just a little bit late to the Braves game yesterday. I, I just am curious how because Marquise seems pretty down too today about the Dodgers loss and how it happened. I'm just curious. Would you rather lose like the Broncos in the or how about yeah like the Bron- Broncos to the Seahawks right a couple years ago where the Seahawks beat them like 52 to three or whatever? Uh, would you rather lose like that where your team just had no chance from the beginning? and the party starts early because you just don't care because you have no chance of winning? 
or like the like the Cardinals yesterday, or would you rather lose? You know, heartbreaking like the Falcons, where you have a lead and you've got the chance. You know, you're probably going to win, and you've got the lead, and it's just absolutely gut wrenching. But you've been you've been given unbelievable drama and a great game for you know the entirety of the moment. And I have a feeling this might be too soon to ask Marquise this question. I'm hurt, dog. Don't ask me if I'm all right. Hell no. I put my heart in this shit, dog. Look, man. I'd much rather. I guess that's my answer. <laughs> I'd much rather. If I got to go to work, especially at 6 a.m., wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning, Knowing that this game is a West Coast game, and that's take my all that, take all that out of no, it. No, no, but I'm I'm saying like watching that game, knowing that we had a lead with two innings, two innings left in the game. Kershaw, the greatest pitcher of all time, comes in the Settle game, down. and he lets go of not one but two home runs back to back. That hurts. I'd much rather be in the first inning, be down, and knowing like you know what, this game is over. And knowing that in the beginning of it, then watching this whole game, have control, Walker Bueller's playing a good game, and then all of a sudden we lose in what a grand slam. I, That's, I, but, I, I agree with Marquise. But the Dodgers are not your number one love. You're a Lakers and Bama guy before Raider. a Dodgers guy, yeah. right? Yeah, so if I were to rank them, it, it would be Lakers, it would be Bama because alum, let, alum let, status. Let, let, me, let me give you this scenario. You can either lose the Iron Bowl the way you did in 2013 with the kick six, or Auburn can shellack you 49 nothing. Which way would you rather have it? That kick six hurt. I, I would rather. I'm with Marquis. <laughs> that kick six hurt. It, it, it's, am it's I just twisted? Like, I would rather no, no. lose with the kick six. No, I'd rather, I'd rather be that out of it. Am I a sick individual? That yes. Is, I, yes. That is a devastating loss. You're a Falcons fan. I guess you could say, well. Do I want to endure, like, the whole game? Like, no. just endure it from the time it starts to the time it ends, knowing that every quarter you're just watching the, the score go up, and, and it's just agony. Yeah. It's like, See, I don't it, becomes, it becomes laughable at it's a like certain point of, like, what, what is going cuts? on? Do you like, want death like, by I would, I, I, do you want I'd rather lose a flu- on a fluky heartbreaker, oh, no. even though it'll play in the annals of history, then be embarrassed. Yeah, you got to be careful what you nah, do in the animals. Yeah, I, I would rather it be a. De- I would rather be a death by a million cuts than 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 to lose. So no, because because yeah, Nick, I would rather that than to lose in that fat because that fashion will be shown exactly no what. And, and you're gonna have a pit in your stomach yes. for the rest of your life. Now I can I can I'm I'm with Derek on this. I can I don't even it's like to me what happens in a blowout if you, if if the Packers are in a big playoff game and they just get blown out right away. Like it's it's twenty one nothing in the first quarter. I'm gonna have a good time the rest of the day. I've already moved on. Like I, if my team gets if my team is is so bad, I'm I'm loose. I'm free. I have a cocktail, have a beer, whatever. Sit around, talk to your buddies. You don't have to really pay attention to the game anymore. You know if they make a comeback, great. But like if you to me, all the stress is removed if your team is just getting blown out ten nothing in the first inning. Like all the stress is removed, and I could just sit back and talk to my buddies and have a good time. If I'm if I'm agonizing <laughs> for the entire three and a half hours, and then you rip my heart out at yes. the end? I don't want that. Just, just kick me in the face. Crying. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be rocking in the corner in the fetal position after losing in some bizarre, crazy fashion. Like, 
I don't know when Jerry's Familia decides to give up a ninth inning home run to Alex Gordon. Not like, that I'm being specific game, about it or anything. You got the game one. Only thing yes. you got to do is just that, don't do something stupid. Dude, I, again, I would much rather be a Broncos fan getting blown out in the Super Bowl than a Falcons fan with a 28-3 lead and getting and blowing the lead in the fourth quarter. Like I, I, that, g- give me the easy way out. Doc. Yeah, I <laughs> just, bet you fi- Falcon just, fans still like oh, you say something about it. that game. Yeah, yeah. they just Ever. you see what happened to Saints fans that game at that. That, they hadn't been able to get oh, over God, that. That's just don't. I, my, I'm getting too old for that crap. I need. I just 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 put me out of my misery early, or or give me a chance, or, or I'm gonna. Or I need to win. Yeah, I'd rather be able to as the game is just getting out of hand. Turn it off. Go turn yes, on something else. Yes. Go get my mind off of it. Come yes. back. Check the score again. Then get my mind instead of just agonizing through well, the back. So, and so the, tit- the Titans lose to the Patriots, right? Mm-hmm. A couple years ago in the playoffs. If I'm a Titans fan, I'm going. Well, it's the Patriots. They're a far better team. They're going to go on and win the Super Bowl. They've won six of them, whatever. It's easy to swallow. It's easy to handle. Your team, you know, you're down this. You get blown out. You know, you're down early, and all of a sudden, it's a blowout. Well, they were better than us anyway. Like, you move on from that season, I think, quickly. It doesn't bother It doesn't bother me nearly as much. It's the – it's it's oh, man, the other way. I don't – because you, you, that hangs with you for the rest of your life as a sports fan. It does. But, like, like, for, like the, the, the kick six thing with Auburn, like, nowadays I just laugh when I see it because I know every year when the Iron Bowl comes on CBS and they show the intro and the promo, they're going to show Van Tiffen from 85 and they're going to show the cam back in 2010 and Bo Jackson up and over, and they're going to show the kick six with Chris Davis. And me and my wife just look at each other and we just laugh now. Because like now we can accept it. Like oh. yeah, it's six, seven years removed. So the Packers lost in the NFC Championship game to Seattle on an onside kick. I I, I think my wife and I got into a bigger argument that night than any other argument <laughs> oh, we've ever wow. had in our entire lives. Like that 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 was so painful. I still remember that night, and I cannot stand it. It still drives me insane. The times where the Packers were blown out in playoff games, can't even tell you. I can't. I don't even remember them. Like I think the in fact I think it might have been the Falcons who blew them mm-hmm. out in in the in in Atlanta the year the Falcons lost to the, the Patriots in the NFC Championship game that one doesn't even phase me like that that one but I think about that stupid stinking GD onside kick and I want to kill somebody yeah it's I don't give me that million stuff. cuts or do you just want to be straight up. Uh, Jason Voorhees. Executed. <laughs> Just, Just put me out of my misery <laughs> in the first quarter. <laughs> uh, pro- uh, programming reminder tonight, Predators take on the Capitals. Game four of the four-game homestand at Bridgestone Arena. The puck drop at seven, pregame at six here on 102.5 The Game. We'll get to that game coming up in a little bit. But yesterday, Taylor Lewan responded to the media regarding his Twitter beef. You'll hear from number 77 coming up next here on ESPN 102.5 The Game. It is Morning Drive. Good to have you in live here on a Thursday. Nick Braden, D-Mace, and Marquise. You're going to hear from Taylor Lewan coming up in just one moment as he responds to his Twitter activity. Although, let's get to a different piece of audio first because yesterday, you know, the Tennessee Titans had practice. Marquise was out there. You know, he's taking notes. He's, you know, he's tweeting. But before practice occurred, Marquise knew that they would be in a certain area of the field, so he bugged the field. He mic'd them up unknowingly to Titans fans. Which, which is illegal. Unknowingly. Okay. Stop snitching. Yes, unknowingly to Titans players. And apparently towards the end of practice, Marcus, you know, a little bit out of character, got the boys together and said, you know, this is a big game against Denver. We need to really show up at mile high. And here's the tape. Do whatever they, they got! Like, 
Very uncharacteristic, fired up Marcus Mariota folks. I don't, I don't know if they play the New England Patriots this year, but hey, you can beat them. Don't, don't anybody question his uh, fire, okay? Yeah. That's, I mean, they needed that. He's the, the team needed it. He's the determinator. <laughs> well, what was the first part? We said, like, I'm the, let's, let's be determinated or something. Yeah. What did he say be in the beginning? <laughs> let's, be determinated. let's be determinated. <laughs> hey, Marcus knows that. If they go down two four, it's gonna be it's gonna be hell to try to get out of that hole. Tough sledding, yeah. So. I, I'm really I'm really excited and satisfied with the renewed sense of energy and purpose from this Titans organization. Yeah, <laughs> that was. Did they reignite the fire there for you? <laughs> the fire was reignited. Um, they went from they went from they went from good to puberty. <laughs> what happened? From an NFL team to a bunch of nine year olds getting ready to play hundred and five pound football. Do they still do Be weight determined. classes for football? Be determinated. I don't know. Be determinated. I see big guys. I see little guys. <laughs> we can beat them on their field. We can beat them on our field. We can beat them in New England. Von Miller, I will determinate you. <laughs> I am the determinator. Oh man! All right, let's I get to. Kids, They're the best. That was good. Uh, let's get to Taylor Lewan addressing the media yesterday when he was asked about his social media spats. I say, like, I think the intent that I had in those situations, kind of standing up for yourself, uh, not taking from anybody type of mentality, it got lost in translation there because I took it too personal. And so I let something after a game be said, and then I let it, you know, bait me into doing something after. And, you know, I've, I've always been one to press the envelope and, and do a little, uh, a little too much sometimes, but I've always... But I've done a good job of saying when I, you know, when I've done too much, and I think uh, in that type of situation, I probably should have let it be. Um, you know, he's talking about fighting me in Arizona and all that. I'm not going to fight anybody. You know, if he tried to fight me, I'd be like, listen, my daughter's over here. I'm probably going to go to the park. You know what I'm saying? So if that makes me a fake tough guy, then I guess I'm a fake tough guy. It's a solid shirt. <laughs> I did get knocked out. It was a pretty good shot too. So. You know, uh, he was Phillips was on the Dolphins when I got knocked out. He was taunting. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was. Yeah, I don't know what it is, man. That guy doesn't like me or something. Who, who would have thought? And the thing is, is it's you know, it's football at the end of the day. Like, did I get knocked out last year in the first game by getting hit? Yeah, no question. You know, I was out there for a second. So, I mean, that's the best part with the internet, dude. It's infinity chirps. So, but he had a good game, and he had three sacks, and why well, we got to do better. And so, uh, hats off to him. You know, coming in. Played a good game, and, and there's nothing you can really say about that other than I'll do my best to watch where I'm going on interception so I don't get knocked out next time. Okay, there you go, Taylor Lewan. I, I guess my takeaway from that in the beginning is where he says, you know, you know, I, pu- I push the envelope at times, and, you know, I can get a little caught up in the moment. If a guy like Shaq Lawson in week number four can get under your skin, what could happen in a playoff game against Dante Hightower in an AFC divisional game when it's a tie game in the third quarter I mean, is this guy going to lose his cool then? Well, he he has. I mean, he was speaking specifically of, of social media. So I I you know we we have a question about Taylor on the field. 
and he's sort of answered some of those questions. He's matured. He hasn't taken the same bad penalties. It's happened far less him losing his cool on the field, right? He's learned and practiced and worked hard on taking it to the sideline or taking it off the field. This is a, I think this is a different conversation where he's saying to himself, and in fact, frankly, I like the, the answer there. He, he needs to learn how to not take it so personally, not fire back. There's, it's one thing to have a brand online and to be sort of a I don't take any crap from anybody kind of guy. I'm going to always say something. That, and, and then knowing when there's a time to pull back, right, on, on social media. And I think he's admitting he went a little too far. He took a post-game comment too personally, and he probably shouldn't have gone onto Twitter, which is what we all said over the course of the week. So I, I don't know. I actually think I, I like that there. There's a couple other times he commented yesterday during avail- availability where maybe he took a shot at Jack Lawson's career, uh, slipped into an apology, <laughs> uh, which is always interesting. The old apology, insult apology, that one's always good. Um, but that that one right there I think is I, – I think he echoes the sentiments of most of us and what we think. If I was his coach, what I would tell him is, hey, dude, be yourself. Be who you are. Don't change. But just learn when you need to you know, pull the leash a little bit and, and maybe hold back. Well, I mean, it's when you do something like that, and I'm pretty sure, you know, he he heard the backlash, whether it was from Vrabel um, addressing the team, um, but more specifically addressing, you know, Taylor or, you know, it's Taylor listening to, you know, the outside noise, whether it be, you know, this this show, um or our midday show or our afternoon show. I'm pretty sure he listened to one of them and heard it. Um, And, I mean, when you sit down and you think about it, it's like, okay, I mean, they're right. Uh, Because I don't think we, you know, we didn't, we didn't go in on them. I mean, we were just like, listen, dude, you can't, you got beat. It's just a bad look. Exactly. You got beat. Let it go. Prepare to work harder the next time. You getting in this back and forth with Shaq Lawson and Phillips, you lose because they won and they dominated the front line. So I don't see a win in there for you, no how, no way. Yeah. And then you open yourself up to the whole PD suspension and then other stuff. It's like, man, it, you know, sometimes, and he said it, I mean, I let it get personal and, you know, I wanted to, you, know, you can't say anything to me and, 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 and me not, you know, say something back. And, and listen, I get it. But, I mean, that's why it's like, man, f- 24 hours. You think about it. Put the phone down. Yeah, you think about it, and and you kind of move on and 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 go from there. I mean, if you if you really felt, my thing, if you really felt that bad about it, then you just DM them. You know, yo, dude, what what do you mean by that? You know, it's just like keep keep it behind closed doors. And then if he chooses to Twitter accounts, yeah, then if he Mm. chooses to take your direct messages and put them out there, that's on him, right? But it's like, dude, I came to you, like, dude, what's up? I mean. Yeah, this this is just about football. It has nothing else to do about or, or you know, don't respond life at all, or, or don't respond <laughs> at all. And I think, and I hope, hopefully, that's where Taylor is now. Is if because this won't be the last time somebody try to provoke him. So <laughs> you, can bet. you know, is he going to say the next time? You know what? Even if they win, you know what? I'm just gonna leave it alone. I, I mean, even even leading up to a game, like let's just say this week, hypothetically, total scenario here. What if Von Miller just started tweeting Taylor Lewan today, tomorrow, and Saturday? 
I'm coming for you, big boy. You thought yeah. yesterday, you thought last week was rough. What do you see this week? I mean, is that going to get in Taylor Lewan's head for a game? I, I don't think it affects the way he plays. He might be extra motivated. Um, but, I, I mean, it, it's all words right now. It, it's just words. Now, those are the right words, he said. He said all the right things, and you want to say, okay, that's the right response. You, you've analyzed what you did, and you thought maybe, maybe you shouldn't have done it. You went a little too far. To me, that's sort of like, all right, it's over. Let's put it to bed. Let's move on. It's not that big a deal. It was what it was. We talked about it for a couple days. It's a new news cycle, and now we've moved on, and and there's nothing to see here. <laughs> you know, let's move on. But it's all talk. So what has to happen is he has to he has to actually learn from it and not do it again. Right. And if he doesn't do it again, and we don't see anything of it, then it's done for me. Like I don't care anymore. If it's it's, it's over, if it comes back again, like you said, and other people are starting to figure out, hey, I can get under his skin with this, or I can affect the way he plays, or I can do this. By, by kind of chirping at him you know, on social media, and he continues to take the bait, so to speak, mm-hmm. right? Because basically, Taylor, don't take the bait, dude. If he continues to do that, then he hasn't learned anything, and everything he said in that clip doesn't really matter. So he needs to show that he's – the words are the right words. Now he needs to prove it with his actions. Corey, uh, go ahead, Demis. No, no, I was just about to say he can't um, – moving forward, stuff like this, yeah, you can say it. But then you have to put it into action. Yeah. Um, you know, the league is the league is <clears throat> moving toward, and and I get it. You know, Taylor playing on the edge, and and but the league is kind of moving away from that because the guys that play on the edge, and then once you get that stigma of being one of those guys, we saw it. He he get flags just for being who he is, um, and and you figure sometimes like, man, why did you? But because of who he is, it's the persona. That he's putting out there, that he's that guy that goes to the edge, and it's it's both it's a double edged sword with him, you know. Indeed, Corey Curtis tweeted this yesterday. I thought this was interesting, and I guess you could take it one of two ways. Uh, he says the Bron- are the Broncos what the doctor ordered for the Titans' offensive line? They have all of five sacks the entire season, tied for last in the NFL. Meanwhile, the Titans have given up five sacks in a half this year, so. Denver, much like Buffalo, comes into a game unable to get to the quarterback. Is that a good thing for the Titans, or is the Titans exactly what maybe Von Miller and that defense needs to get going? Well, I mean, I, if they were playing at home, then I would say, yeah, it's it's probably just what the doctor ordered, meaning if the Titans were playing here. But they're playing in Denver, uh, and and that's a different deal. Um, you know, that, that crowd could be a factor. Um, because I guarantee you they're preaching the same thing that sort of we're preaching here, that they got to have this win in order to stay on pace with the other teams in the AFC. So they need to make that stadium as loud as it could possibly be. So maybe, I mean, anytime Vaughn Miller's out there, I mean, that's not a rest. That's not, oh, we get, we get, um, we get this team at the right time, you know, because they hadn't gotten a lot of sacks. We've given up a lot, so hopefully we can do a good job this week. Nah, they got Von Miller on that side, so he can just as well wreck your whole offense um, by himself um, in, in regards to getting to the quarterback. So um, I don't think it's something that, you know, that the doctor ordered, so to speak, um, going back to Corey, Corey's um, tweet. You know, it could be the opposite because if they get beat and not necessarily get beat, say if they, you know, Denver gets three, four sacks, then then what? What do we say then as we come back to as as the Titans come back to Nashville? Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if, if having to block him is just what the doctor ordered. Uh, I think 
the, you know, the style of game lends itself to, to the Titans' strengths, right? Defensively, you think that they should be able to hold Denver in check for most of the game, the way they did Buffalo and the way they did Atlanta. So, uh, you know, as long as you can just put a couple of nice scoring drives together. Again, and, and I'll keep saying this, and, you know, of their last six possessions, the offense worked its way inside the 35-yard line four times. So the, the, the Titans' offense moved the football against Buffalo into scoring territory four times in their final six drives and had chances. So mm-hmm. if, if you're doing that again, the odds are you're not going to come away with nothing, right? You're not going to come away with one one score on all those trips inside the 35. So if they can do that again, they probably come away with a few more points. We'll find out if a different kicker changes that, right? That's certainly, you know, maybe maybe that's what the doctor ordered is some mile-high altitude for the kicker because the kicker's distance is better at, at Denver. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's what Cody Parkey needs um, just with the doctor order. But, uh, you know, if Bradley Chubb was healthy, I would – Completely disagree with with the premise, but Bradley Chubb's not healthy. Out for the year, I think. Right? Out for the year with a torn ACL for a couple of weeks now. So, but it's not like he's their only. You know, Von Miller and company is still pretty salty. So they're going to have to be good on offense to beat Denver's defense. And Denver's, you know, they, they they're they're not a great football team. Certainly not on offense. So uh, it's it's clearly a winnable game and a winnable situation. And two and four is very different than three and three. And believe Vic Fangio will dial up some because he's just like Dean Pease. He'll find some way to get to the quarterback. I guarantee you he's watching film and he's just salivating right now and he's trying to figure out a way to get pressure on the quarterback. Kind of like what Dean Dean Pease does. All right, we will get the Broncos' perspective of this game coming up on Sunday. Uh, Benjamin Albright will join us this morning from Denver at 9 o'clock. But when we come back, Predators wrap up their home stand at Bridgestone Arena tonight against the unblemished Washington Capitals. Morning drive here, ESPN 1025 The Game. Thank you very much, Coach Fisher. Welcome back in. It is morning drive. Nick Braden, D-Mace, Marquise with you here on this Thursday edition of the show. Preds associate coach Kevin McCarthy will join us coming up at 7.30 for our second installment of Coffee with the Coach. Last week we had Peter LaViolette. This week we get Kevin McCarthy. We'll obviously cycle through all of the guys over the next couple of weeks. Uh, and that leads to a little Preds talk here as Game 4, final game of the homestand before they embark on a little West Coast swing. And in come the Washington Capitals who in four games have yet to lose in regulation 2-0-2 to start the year. And that means Alexander Ovechkin and D-Mace. That is the guy that you said two years ago, you predicted in 2018, Capitals would win the Cup, and they're back here again tonight. Yeah, and they're back here undefeated. Um, And I think this is where where the Predators would love – to to be because it's kind of sort of it's weird because it's kind of sort of to me going down that same path where you have a team that was a favorite for so many years and then the year they were not a favorite they end up winning the Stanley Cup um, because I think now the pressure's off of them to win now they can just go play well the pressure's been on the Nashville Predators for the last two years to win maybe the pressure's even more now that they've gotten Duchesne and they played so well but everyone's it's everyone else it's they're looking at three other teams or four other teams to win the Stanley Cup before they look at the Nashville Predators and maybe just maybe that's that will kind of fuel them they can kind of fly under the radar radar and fuel them Um, but it starts with you know you know obviously this game here 
um, against the Washington Capitals. Is it a measurement game? You know, how good are we are? How good are we at this point? Because now you're you face the team in the Sharks who didn't win the game. They were just getting their players back. You dominated them. Now you're facing the team uh, with one of the greatest players. Um, you're facing a team that's undefeated. And how do you measure up against against this team so early in the season? Exponentially better than Minnesota and Detroit. It, yeah, and San Jose mostly just playing bad hockey. We, yeah. we think San Jose is going to be a better team. They've got so much talent. and but But right now, by far the best challenge that this team has faced so far this season. There's no question about it. About to go on a long road trip. Three games on the West Coast as well. So you're you're facing a, your first road trip. You want to end your four game homestand on a high note. Um, I also think just the, the the new construction of the starting lineup too. The fact that it started off so well. Dante Fabro is playing really good hockey as a top four defenseman. You know the the way that the Duchesne line is playing as as of right now, first line minutes. Um, and all four lines are sort of contributing and scoring. The power play has played well. So you're sort of looking at all the things that we wanted to see them address in the offseason. And, and through three games, with knowing there's 79 more to go, th- that they've sort of – it looks like some of those issues have been fixed in the short term. Well, let's see how they do against a team that's playing well, right? Let, let's let's find that out. So I, I do think that and, – and let's – listen, Capitals, Predators games, for whatever reason, probably Barry Trotz in the past and Alexander Ovechkin – have been very good games, very competitive, um, and and you know intense matchups. So it's it's always fun when the Caps come to town, and um, with Ovi in the building, it's always entertaining. So it's it's it is the biggest challenge to date. It doesn't mean there aren't like thirty seven more of them to come. So. You think Ovechkin's still hungover? <laughs> you mean from the cup? From the cup? <laughs> Goodness, that'd be two years. You know, everybody <laughs> talks. So everybody that's older than me, uh, Derek, um, everyone that's older than me always tells me about the two day hangover, right? Like, have you had the two day hangover yet? And I still have yet to have a two day hangover. In fact, I'm not sure I've had a hangover in a long time. But two two day the two, the old two day hangovers when they say that you know you're getting old. I have yet to have that. I've never heard of the two year hangover. Yeah, that would be. That is a. <laughs> I mean, I know they did it right. That after is a hell the of a hangover. But like in the history of celebrations, has anybody it's, lived a better life than that guy? I don't think. Nah. Well, on the record, no. On the record, publicly in <laughs> social there, media, there's probably a few parties off the record that have taken place that are just as good as, as what Ovi did. But um, no, I don't know. Have you guys ever had the two day hangover? Is that ever? Nah, I've never had a two day hangover. I, I have never drank that much. Have yeah, a two day. I've hangover. never had the two day. Isn't that what happens if you drink bad booze? Like I if you think, drink yeah. quality no, I, product, you're okay. I, I mean. In theory, I agree with your premise there, but everyone's it's again. I get people say it's an age thing, right? You get older and you go a little too hard one night, and and it affects you for more than twenty four hours. It affects you for the second day, and I haven't had that one yet. That's a bad hangover, boy. But I mean, I think it are it, it's it. I don't get hangovers at all. Like I don't have. I haven't had a hangover. Yeah, I ain't drinking in a long time. that much to get a hangover, man. I think once in the last like year and a half, I had a hangover. Maybe. All right, so let's see here. New Year's Eve, Vegas. Vegas odds tonight. Uh, the Predators a minus one thirty favorite tonight. Uh, they were minus one sixty against the Sharks on Tuesday. Obviously, a smaller number because Washington is a better team. But one thing I did notice yesterday, even with the good start so far, two and one, and even going into this year with the addition of Duchesne, the Predators only around like the eighth best odds to win the Stanley Cup. I'm kind of surprised that Vegas doesn't have a, a higher thought of of the Predators as far as what they could be this year? Um, I, I think some of that's the, the trend in the playoffs. I don't, you know, I think, 
it, it, it sort of doesn't matter what they've looked like in the regular season, that they're trending in the wrong direction in the postseason, right? You go from cup to second round to first round, and um, the Central Division has gotten tougher, right? I think you can make a case for four or five different teams to win the division. I, I don't. I think that's about. What would you say they're eighth, eighth. in the NHL? Mm-hmm. I, you know, I might move them up a spot or two, but I don't really have a problem with that. I think that's about where they are. And frankly, and this goes to sort of what, what kind of fan are you? I, I like it better when my team is the underdog and not the favorite in general. So if I'm a Predators fan or a Predators player, I mean, clearly the Titans play better as an underdog. It's no question that when they feel disrespected, they play better. When they feel like they're the favorite, they 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 don't play as well. Um, just at least based on a short sample size. I'd be. I'm, I'm happy with the Preds not being the overwhelming favorite to win the division or make the make the cup or whatever. I think that that adds fuel to the fire. Okay, tonight Braden Holtby, Pecorine could be a good one. We got a Braden in the Bridgestone Building tonight. Well, it's it's been proven the only way to win a Stanley Cup is you have to have a Braden on your team. Should we I've, should we rank I've, our Bradens one day? Uh, no, because y'all are gonna put me last. You got Gall. That's gonna hurt my feelings. You got Holtby. Yeah. Um, Dallas Braden doesn't count because it's his last name. He's okay, not, he's not a Braden. Braden Smith, the tackle for the Colts. He's pretty good from Auburn. Yeah, you might just be the last Braden. Yeah, Thanks. We might need to do our uh, Braden power rankings. Who'd you we're rather try, do? Who'd you rather try, do a radio show? Braden Shine or we're trying Braden Holpe or, or this one? We're trying to figure out, man. Now Braden Holpe's got a cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but is he good on the air? I don't know. He I might. don't know. What yeah. kind of takes does he have? I'm going to listen to Washington D.C. sports what, radio. What does yeah. he know about Mississippi State's yards per play? Uh, I mean, really though. Probably not. Just saying, like you know, putting up booze in it, he probably can give you whatever you want. <laughs> After a cup, you chicken up booze. <laughs> I just—it's very clear. The, the, people call it booze now. The, the booze to me. The new—the new formula for winning a Stanley Cup is to make sure you have a Braden. That's—that's that's the bottom line. Yeah. Well, two years ago it was you got to have a Braden. Last year it was suck until the calendar flips to January, and then all of a sudden and flip have, a switch and have a Braden. You gotta have That's a true. They have Braden Shen. That's what I'm saying, dude. This is—I didn't make this up, Nick. This is fact. All right, back to back years with a Braden. You have to have a Braden to win the Stanley Cup. So, so if David Poyle came to you today and said we're going to activate you for the playoffs on the fourth line, would you be in? I'm in. I, I will break all the bones in my body. You do a little mucking and grinding. Oh, dude, post I'll, up in front of the net. I'll, I'll be the—I'll be the guy like that just goes flying in there full speed and just misses everybody. And hits the board so hard that I've broken I've broken bones. Lot, but man, man, it'll look good on social media. All right, I will go viral. Let's go. All right, coming up next, from the NHL to the NBA, apparently the NBA, and I've always thought this, the most progressive league of all leagues in professional sports, but the NBA is woke until there's money at stake, right? That's yeah, the big takeaway? Pretty we'll much so. we'll, uh, we'll mm. kick that around when we come back here on Morning Drive on ESPN 1025 The Game.